Good morning. This is Dina Marie at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton with a Franciscan moment on Matre Day Radio. Well, during this time of Eucharistic revival in the church, one of the key objectives is to restore understanding and devotion to the great mystery of the Holy Eucharist. Fortunately, we have centuries of church history, church tradition, sacred scripture, and the lives of the saints to guide us in our Eucharistic revival. Back with me today is Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit, to help us recognize the truth and beauty found in the Holy Eucharist through the eyes of Franciscan saints. Good morning, Father Dan, and thanks for joining me again today. It's good to be with you as always, Dina Marie. Well, in this month of June, we have a lot of things to celebrate. As you know, it's the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. But within it, we have the Feast of Corpus Christi. And it was just a year ago, Corpus Christi, where our uh, country really, with the leadership of the bishop, said, let's go on this Eucharistic revival, really focusing on the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and to find out how to really heal this hurting world. It's it's through our it's through our greatest healer, Christ himself, I'd love to look through the eyes of the Franciscan saints and just see the Holy Eucharist in a in a new and refreshing way, I think, through the lives of the saints. And so let's take St. Anthony. His, his feast day is coming up June 13th. I would have liked to have had it been on June 12th, my birthday, but a day uh-huh. later is the feast of St. Anthony. And um, let's let's hear a little bit about his life and how he was called really to be a great disciple of Christ. Yeah, well, I think his discipleship certainly began as an Augustinian in Portugal, but soon after uh, becoming a priest as uh, an Augustinian, he was so impressed with the proto-martyrs of the Franciscans coming back in body bags from Morocco, who had just been uh, martyred for having proclaimed Christ in the the, um, Moroccan uh, territories. He was uh, so impressed he wanted to become a Franciscan. and. ended up joining them, coming up on the ship with them, and um, Francis received him himself, and uh, he entered the Franciscans, and then became a disciple of Christ after the manner of St. Francis, which was very incarnational, uh, his spirituality. Francis, if Christ, if Christ walked to the cross and journey to Jerusalem, Francis, that's what he was going to do, was journey to Jerusalem and, and and took that, that seriously. And that's the way it's kind of walking in the footprints of Christ. That's what disciple meant, deception meant for Francis. And of course, St. Anthony as well. He took that very seriously. Mm. What do we know about um, St. Anthony just in terms of how he preached? Certainly there are a lot of stories about him being a great preacher. Um, he's known for, in fact, I believe he's a doctor of the universal church, because yeah. of his preaching and just his witness to Christ and to the faith. Well, most of his uh, uh, time as a Franciscan was spent up in the north of Italy on the French-Italian border, combating what were called at the time in Italian the Cathari, or in the French, Albigensians, and they were actually medieval Manichaeans, the Manichaean heresy of the time of Augustine, that posited that Christ never took on flesh, but rather 
um, the body is evil. It belongs to the evil deity. There's two deities. There's an evil one and there's a good one. And the good one created the spirit. The evil one created the body. And the two aren't really united in any real way. And as, of course, if Christ had no body, that meant also that the Eucharist is meaningless. There's We don't actually have the body of Christ. And so Francis or uh, St. Anthony spent a lot of time preaching against these heretics up in the north because uh, they were seducing a lot of Catholic believers because they looked so authentic as followers of Christ. And uh, St. Anthony went up there and he just began to convert many Catholics back to their Catholic faith who had been taken in by the the appearance of these albigens, these Cathari, because they looked very ascetical. Since the body is evil, they fasted a lot because the less of the body you had, the better. And so they were super ascetical and so uh, impressive by to the people there. They thought, these are authentic disciples. Well, Anthony of Padua came along and uh, began to preach against them and tried to get people to follow the true Christ and the embodied Christ, you know, Christ come in the flesh. Right, right. Talking with Father Dan Petit during the month of June and the Feast of St. Anthony of Padua comes up on the 13th of June, as always. And obviously, I would just imagine that St. Anthony would have to have this real passion for the Eucharist. St. Francis certainly did. We've talked about the Eucharist and the Blessed Mother. He just really was tethered between those two and always drew him to Christ. What do we know about St. Anthony and just really proclaiming the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist? Well, there is the famous story um, that uh, of, of Anthony. And of course, we do have recorded miracles of him that, uh, did verify his preaching to the people. Um, although one time he was so rejected by the people as he was preaching, he walked out of town and started preaching to the fish. And of course they listened to him. You know? right. And uh, that was an amazing miracle. But there was this one in, when he was in Rimini, uh, there was a, a, a town, um, very prominent citizen who was very effective in terms of convincing people that Christ didn't come in the flesh, Von O'Neill. And uh, Anthony of Padua offered a, a challenge. He said, look, you starve your mule for three days, and then I'll stand over here and we'll put a pile of hay over there. And whoever the mule goes to, that will prove that Christ is the Son incarnate because the body of Christ is here, as opposed to running for the hay, in which case he's just ignoring the body of Christ. So they did that. They starved this mule for three three days. They put the pile of hay there, and Anthony stood over with the Eucharist. And instead of going to the hay, the mule walked before Anthony and knelt down on his front, knee, uh, front legs and adored Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And it converted everyone that day uh, in the town square, uh, because it was all built up what they were doing, this big contest, kind of like uh, Elijah with the prophets of Baal, you know, in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, don't straddle the issue. Let's have a test here. Well, this mule knelt down and adored the Lord instead of going for the hay and eating it because he was so hungry. Yeah, it, 
I love that story. And it's a true story. And again, it just shows me the faith of St. Anthony. I know Jesus is present in the Holy Eucharist. I know that we are going to be able to show the people of his true presence. And here is a creature, a beast of burden <laughs> who kneels right. and recognizes. And, you know, and, you know, and, and St. Paul really speaks to this when he says the whole created, the all of creation awaits the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. That's what it's awaiting. And of course, the more we stray from our baptism, the further away from being a son or daughter of God we are when, in fact, all creation awaits that revelation and desires it. Well, in this case, there's Anthony, a child of God, and certainly holding Jesus Christ incarnate. And this creature just went right for it, you know? Right. Right. And some of the different imagery that we see St. Anthony in Father Dan, typically if you'll see statues of various saints, there are things that depict their particular charism. Uh, what do we know about St. Anthony? If we see an image, if it's in a Franciscan habit, it could be a few uh, different Franciscans. How would we maybe identify St. Anthony? He's always holding the, the child, the infant child, Jesus, uh, who did appear to him and did you know, put his hand on his cheek and everything. And he had such a tender love for Christ and his humanity, you know, and uh, and and uh, tremendous intimacy with Christ. St. Anthony of Padua, again, June 13th is his feast day. Father Dan, I want to um, talk a little bit more about this month of June because there's so much that ties into the Holy Eucharist, of course, the Sacred Heart, but we are coming up to a break. So stay with me. And then in the next half hour, we'll talk more here along on Mater Day Radio. Sounds good. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Father Dan Petit as we look at the month of June. And one of the Franciscan saints is St. Anthony of Padua. We also have a beautiful whole month to celebrate the Sacred Heart. And Father Dan, thanks for coming back and sharing with me today. Thank you, Dina Marie. Good to be here. Well, you as a Franciscan friar, you're a third order regular and you're part of the province of the most sacred heart. So I thought it'd be really appropriate just hear a little bit about the sacred heart. We celebrate for the whole month of June. How's the sacred heart connected with your own Franciscan spirituality? Well, I think one of the things that I've learned most from the sacred heart, it's similar to what I've learned from the Immaculate Heart of Mary, you know, oftentimes depicted with the crown of thorns about it, and uh, it's bleeding. And of course, what that means is there's tremendous uh, compassion and empathy in the sacred heart. This is what I learned from our Lord. His heart, you know, he's he's, he's not indifferent to us in our suffering. He doesn't you know, like the Samaritan uh, doesn't walk past the man left and beaten by robbers on the road leading to Jericho. You know, he he's he stops, and that's what he does with us too. And he and he he's got compassion for us. And I think that's one of the things I I seek to grow in myself is an ability to respond to the suffering of others rather than be indifferent to it. You know, so often I think we we might want. To to protect our hearts and we build up walls and stuff and and yet our lord doesn't do that any more than our lady does you know like at fatima one of the one of the visionaries what they saw was mary's heart was bleeding and you might think well they're in glory aren't they just kind of taking their ease up there in this great glory and it's so joyful but 
Yet there's Mary grieving, her heart is grieving, and so does the heart of Christ grieve, you know, for our suffering and the way the things people wander and go away from him, especially when they walk away from the Eucharist. I think his heart grieves, you know. I think that's interesting, Father Dan, that you say that because as we are in this Eucharistic revival, I mean, we want to really be able to recognize Christ's true presence and look at all the suffering in the world. Look at all the war in the world. I mean, just go down the list of all of these atrocities and turning away from God. Isn't God's heart just aching, our Blessed Mother's heart aching to see their children um, turning away? And and yet right. we have a, a reason and a purpose to be like St. Anthony, like St. Francis, to proclaim the good news. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever experienced the indifference of someone, you know what that feels like. It's not it's not comfortable. And I think we sometimes so dehumanize the glorified Christ that we believe him to be unmoved by our indifference to him in the Eucharist, when in fact it, it does affect him. He he is, again, like I say, his heart does grieve. It does experience our, it responds to us in our misery and it suffers with us. And But it also suffers when we're indifferent to so great a love, you know, and that's what we find in the Eucharist is, it's the sacrament of the love of Christ for each one of us. And sometimes we'll even absent ourselves from the Sunday Mass as though it doesn't matter. But it does matter to him. He he experiences that. You know, it's like, um, I like to say, if you've ever set an appointment with someone, for example, we had this appointment this morning, what, ha- what would happen if I didn't show up? You know, you would wonder, well, where's Father Dan? Well, it's something like that with missing mass. Uh, God sets the appointment for us on Sunday. It's not Monday. It's not Tuesday or Wednesday. It's Sunday. He set He sets the appointment. And then when we don't go to mass, he's wondering, well, where are they? I set this appointment for us. They're not here. And I think we, we it's hard for us to believe it, but he actually does miss us when we don't show up because we have disappointment with him. And I think that's something that we lose sight of. But the Sacred Heart helps bring that home. He actually has a human heart that he received from the Blessed Mother in her womb. And that's still with him today. And and it experiences the same things that we do um, as we go through life. Right. Well, and you just mentioned that connection between our Blessed Mother and our Lord, the two feast days, the Feast of the Immaculate Heart and Sacred Heart are connected side by side Friday and Saturday that we celebrate them. But it it is, I think, amazing. Our Lord's heart came from the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, conceived through the Holy Spirit, but yet the blood pumping through that heart came from Mary. That's right. That's right. And, you know, um, you know, it's it's so remarkable to me, too, that even when when the apostles asked Jesus, you know, teach us how to pray, and Jesus taught them the Our Father. Well, in the Our Father, there's a level of obedience there. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jesus, as a little boy, learned that from Joseph and Mary. 
that kind of obedience. You know, we learned that when they found him in the temple. And it tells us he went down with them and remained obedient to them. You know, he learned obedience from from Mary, Joseph, obedience to the law and obedience to God. You know, we think, well, he was God. He didn't have to learn that. No, he did because he was a boy. He was a human being like you and I are. And um, I think most boys at 12, if they got lost, the last place you would look for them is a church. (laughs) (laughs) And yet there's Jesus, you know, and uh, even Mary and Joseph didn't think to look for him there. He's He's a little boy. I mean, that's what he was. Still, that level of obedience and discipleship that Jesus himself gave us in the Our Father, Mary taught that to him, you know. That's right. That's right. We're talking with Father Dan Petit during the month of June, the month of the Sacred Heart. What are ways, Father Dan, that we could revitalize this devotion to the Sacred Heart? Again, certainly acknowledging the feast day coming up this this month, but but ways to really have this take uh, take a hold of us and revive our hearts. I'll tell you, the best way to do that is console the heart of Jesus by visiting the tabernacle. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have adoration. I mean, it's like, I know we kind of sometimes think that unless Jesus is out in the monstrance, we don't, we don't really want to spend time with him. But even to go in the tabernacle consoles his heart because you're acknowledging him there, this great love. You're receiving that love in his real presence and you're consoling him uh, because you're not remaining indifferent to him, but you're expressing your love for him by being there and giving him your time and, and, and the like. So a lot of times in the church, we talk about in the parish, at least giving of our time, talent and treasure. And of course, maybe we emphasize treasure so much we forget. How about giving your time to Jesus in adoration before the tabernacle? That would be a revival of your heart as Jesus' sacred heart loves you and you're receiving it, you know. That, that would be, and you're also consoling him at the same time by being there instead of neglecting him, you know. I think one of the most important things you've said, Father Dan, is God set appointment for us on Sunday at Mass, and when we don't show up, where are you? It's just like when God said to Adam, where are you? He knows where Adam is. He knows where we are, but he wants us in his presence. That's right. That, I think, is part of the Eucharistic revival, to desire to be, for our desire to be, number one, in the presence of our Lord. Absolutely. And think that, as he said, when he instituted the sacrament of the Eucharist, I have longed to eat this supper with you. Now, that that is God speaking all the way back to the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, because we, we were exiled from him. I have wanted to share this communion with you for millennia, and now it's happening. I mean, that's what he's saying, you know, and he wants to share Holy Communion with us, and that's the Eucharist, of course. Absolutely. Well, let's continue this Eucharistic revival and celebrate the the month of the Sacred Heart, Corpus Christi, and of course, the Feast of St. Anthony of Padua on the 13th of June. And with that, Father Dan, just great to spend some time with you today. Would you help us close with your prayer and blessing over our community? Sure. May the blessed mighty God descend upon you now and the 
Holy Spirit bless and sanctify you and then revive in you a love for Jesus, especially in the Eucharist. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a great month. Thank you. You too.